Welcome to The Moon in Your Mind with your hosts, Chelsea Winter and Alyssa Ray. We are on a mission to build a community of empowered individuals to stay curious in their work, their relationships, and daily lives. By interviewing experts and uniting astrology and psychology, we will hold the space to connect you to new wisdom, unique stories, and insightful resources for you to cultivate your best human experience. Let's get curious. All right, guys, today we have Ashley from Blush on. This conversation was amazing. We talked about so many things. We talked about the start of her business. We talked about grief and healing. We talked about Reiki and yoga and spirituality, being a mother, how she kickstarted my van life journey. We talked about so, so much, and it was such an inspiring conversation. And so, you know, stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as Alyssa and I did. You guys, we are so excited to share with you our newest offering, the Cosmic Consulting Program. We are combining my wisdom of astrology and Alyssa's background in somatic psychology to support you in finding more authentic alignment and embodiment in your life. As your cosmic consultants, we will provide you with a juicy and actionable natal chart reading, a consultation session with both Alyssa and myself, as well as a nourishing somatic coaching session with Alyssa. And... If you wanted to go even deeper, we are also offering two add-ons that you can choose from, a personalized journal or a personalized meditation crafted by Alyssa and myself based on your chart, consultation, and coaching session to continue diving deep into this work. Or you can just choose both. If you're ready to get started, shoot me an email at chelsea@themooninyourmind.com and we'll schedule a consult. We can't wait to support you on your journey. Hi, everyone. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Ashley Taylor. Ashley is the founder of Blush Skin and Soul Spa, a master esthetician, makeup artist, Reiki master, and yoga instructor. She provides top quality skincare and soul care, as well as serving as a listening ear, motivator, and inspirer. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. We're so excited. So we start every episode talking about your sun, moon, and rising. So you are a Virgo sun and then a double Leo, moon and rising. That's right. Yeah. How's that Leo for you? Are you full of energy all the time? I wish. I yeah. wish. But I will say, I guess I like enthusiasm. Yes. Energy. No, I have a two and a half year old. So yeah, <laughs> that's where all your energy goes. She takes it all up. And she, she's a Leo. So. Oh. And she's a Leo too. Oh yeah. my God. What about what's your husband? An Aries. Mm. Yeah. What a fiery household. <laughs> oh my fiery. God. Fiery. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's awesome. And then you have a Virgo son. So, how does how do you find that that contrasts your Leo? You know, Virgo's very down to earth. And- the funny, yeah, the funny thing is that I definitely have the down to earth side of that. And but at the same time, I like to be seen. The Leo in me, like, happy to be seen, you know? But they say your sun sign is who you're here to come, right? So Virgo is ultra-organized, which I'm not. I struggle with ADHD, so it's it's kind of funny to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's who I'm here to become. So we're working yeah. on it, you know? It's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Learning it. You're learning it in this lifetime, which is Right. <laughs> yeah, and... I feel like Virgos too, this gets left out a lot, is just like how kind they are and how in service they are to other people and wanting to help people, which I feel like we'll dive into it. But I mean, that's like what blushes. I feel like just in service to everybody else and making them feel so good. Absolutely. I'm definitely a a nurturer and I am all about taking care of the people around me. I'm very empathic. So I'm hypersensitive to other people's emotions. And it's all about like, we need to make you feel better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So then growing up, what did your childhood look like? How did the Leo and Virgo show up as a child? Where did you grow up? Let's dive into all of that. I grew up in a tiny town in New Hampshire called Pittsfield. I went to school with like, I think my graduating class was maybe something like 60 kids. Oh my gosh. Something like that. So small. I know. And we had been together from kindergarten through 12th grade, all the same. So it was pretty special that I got kind of that small town vibe. I'm a middle child. So I feel like the Leo totally came out as me always wanting to be the center of attention. (laughs) (laughs) And I was. And I was. (laughs) I love that. 
So my brother and sister are both Aquarius. So yeah, I was definitely the showboat. (laughs) I guess. But yeah, you know, I grew up with a small group of people and a small group of friends. And overall, I would say I had a pretty good upbringing. My family is loving and kind and supportive. And, you know, not everything's always perfect, right? Life throws us curveballs. But I would say, you know, growing up was pretty good for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then did you... Sorry, I'm also a middle child. So I just have to resonate with what you said fully. Yes. (laughs) I feel like it's... You know, my mom, she has baby books for everybody, right? My sister's is like amazing. Mine, non-existent. My brother, amazing because he was the last one, right? But like she was so caught up with having, you know, a toddler and a baby when I was little. That, that makes sense. That adds up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But I wouldn't let myself be forgotten. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Yeah. So I'd say growing up too, you know, definitely my Leo came out. I was a cheerleader. That was very much, you know, just into, I wouldn't say that I'm vain at all, but I would say that I've always liked to look good. And I feel like that's my Leo. Yeah. (laughs) Coming through. Yes. No, definitely, definitely a Leo thing. Right. And having, yeah, that notice me, notice me attitude sometimes. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, so you graduated with 60 people. And then what, did you go to college or did you, like, what happened next? Yeah. So actually that was kind of an interesting part of my journey. So, you know, senior year of high school, everybody's starting to apply for colleges and I'm like an analysis paralysis. I have no idea what I want to do, but I felt obligation from, you know, just pressure around me of everybody else who's doing it. So it was like, okay, so I'm going to go to community college. I'm just going to do gen eds just because I felt like I had to go through the motions, you know? Mm-hmm. And then what I proceeded to do was start three semesters at community college and not finish any of them because I, well, one ADHD and time management, I like, I would absent out of classes, but also I wasn't inspired. And that was simply what it was is, you know, I couldn't get passionate about algebra, whatever it was that I entered. I like, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get passionate about it. And I didn't know where I was headed. So because I didn't have that goal, it made it like really hard for me to, to kind of see something to work towards. I had nothing to work towards. I was just like, I'm doing this because I feel like I have to do this. So I just, I didn't, I didn't do it. And that led to a lot of feelings of failure. I was always a good student in high school. I have ADHD and anxiety. So when you have ADHD and anxiety together, there's kind of this chronic stress because you're so worried about disappointing people or not doing it right or messing it up that it kicks in that adrenaline and you're able to pull it off because of the anxiety. So people don't recognize that you have ADHD. So that was kind of part of my mental health journey too. Even as a child, I had crippling anxiety. I was gritting my teeth all night long. I had terrible stomach aches all the time. But back then, you know, it was the early 90s, like nobody was talking about mental health. And there was no support for my parents to even say like, I mean, the doctors were like, Oh, maybe she's lactose intolerant. And it's like, no, she's just an anxious child. That's why she has stomach pain, you know? So it's (laughs) the older I got, and the more that I started to get to know myself, and realize, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD at 19. It was right around when I was not succeeding at community college that I was diagnosed with ADHD, because I think just those feelings of failure were really kicking in and I was panicking. So I just started to work a bunch of different jobs. I worked as a, as a server. I worked at Jared, the gallery of jewelry, <laughs> um, as a jewelry sales lady. I worked as a secretary for a lawyer for a while. Interestingly enough, that lawyer was right on the hill, which is where Blush is located now. So it was I was 19 and I was working in one building and now here I am at almost 35 and I'm, I have a whole business in the so building right cool. next door. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. And actually, yeah. That connection actually from that lawyer is how I got the space at Blush wow. because he remembered the landlord of the building that I went to remembered me from when I was younger and worked for his, a friend of his. And he was like, Oh, 
I know that you're a quality person. Like you can have the space. It's yours. Like I didn't even have to apply for the space because it was just, wow. you know, and here I am thinking I'm a loser because I'm not in college, but this job, this connection led to a lot of serendipitous things happening for me later in life. So it was kind of cool. And then I worked at an animal hospital as well. I definitely, I love people. I love animals. I love love. So it just felt like the right thing to do. But it turns out I'm way too empathic for that mm-hmm. job. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I really <laughs> couldn't handle when people would come in and, and they were upset or, you know, they were having to put their dog down or what. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it emotionally. It was so heavy for me. And so that brought me to about, I think I was 21. And then when I was 21, I had a breakup with a boyfriend and one of my best friends lived in South Carolina. and. She said, well, why don't you just move down here? And I have an extra room in my house. You can just stay for the summer and just kind of figure yourself out. She said, I have a connection at the golf course that I worked at when I first moved here. They love me. They'll hire anyone I recommend. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So packed up my car, drove my little self down there, and I started the job at the golf course. So one day I was bartending in the clubhouse and there was a woman who was sitting there waiting for her partner to finish their golf. And her and I got to talking and we chatted for maybe an hour, just connecting and getting to know each other a little bit. She was the only person at the bar. So it was really just us hanging out. And before she left, she said, you know, I really love your personality. Would you want to consider maybe working for me? And I was like, I mean, maybe, what do you do? (laughs) Maybe, what do you do? And she said, I own a day spa. And she said, so I'm looking for another receptionist. I think your personality is perfect and you get free services. So I was like, done. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sign me up. I will do it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So then I started working for her there and I just fell in love with the industry. You know, people come in and they're happy to see you. And then when they leave, they're even happier. And that was such a contrast from my job at the animal hospital where there was so much heavy emotion and worry all the time. and stress. So it's like tangibly really hard for me to operate at my high capacity if it's not around positivity. So it was a really big change for me. And I experienced services from everybody that worked at the spa and aesthetics was definitely where I was most interested. So I started looking into aesthetic schools. And the only one that was accredited at that time um, on the East Coast was Katherine Hines Institute of Aesthetics, which is in Massachusetts. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to move home and I'm going to go to Katherine Hines Institute of Aesthetics. I, ha- I had considered aesthetics like at one point because I would go see an esthetician and I loved her. And I was like, I can see myself doing this. And she told me, if you ever decide you want to go to school, go to Katherine Hines. So then when I looked it up, it was like, it was definitely the right school to go to. And I went there and I loved it. I paid attention. I was like the teacher's pet. I was so focused and into it and I loved it. And I loved going. I still struggled with my ADHD with attendance and timeliness. So I, my program went a little bit longer because I had to make up time because that's just my struggle, but it worked out. And I, and I came out of it with this huge passion and I I had told my mom, you know, Someday I'm going to open my own spa and I'm going to call it Blush. And then after that, I went and worked for other people for seven years. And then my mom and I went on a vacation and, and my sister-in-law and I, who now works for me, my sister-in-law works for me, but her and my mom and I were sitting in a hot tub. And my mom said, I thought you wanted to open your own spa. What's the deal with that? And I was like, okay, like we're doing this, I guess, (laughs) you know? And Thanks for attacking me, mom. She said, you know, we, we hashed it out. And what it came down to, the reasons why I wasn't doing it was fear of failure and comfortability where I was. And my mom said to me, those aren't good enough reasons to not pursue a dream. And it clicked. It just clicked. And I was like, you're absolutely right. So the next day, it was about midnight and I got on Craigslist because that was like what was the most popular thing at that time, but, you know, in 2016, 17, whenever I looked at it. So I went on Craigslist and I, I Googled like office spaces in Portsmouth and I'm like looking for something like, is there anything I can afford? Because I didn't think there would be. And the very first listing right at the top was the building that I'm in now. 
And at the time, my landlord has since painted it, but at the time it was baby pink. It was like the perfect blush. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So I messaged, I was like, oh my God, like, can I come see this space? And the landlord messaged me back at like eight o'clock the next morning and said, can you be here at nine? And I was like, yep. Drove down there, walked in and we knew each other. I was, did you know it was him? Did you know you knew him before you walked in there? No, no, no. I didn't know it was him until I saw his face. Oh my God. And wow. then I was like, oh my gosh, Paul, like I know you, like, you know, so, and he was like, oh my God, great. Like, and he was just like, you wanted it to Oh my God. And I was like, okay. So whenever I signed that first rent check, that deposit, I literally passed it to him. And in my head, I was like, I hope this clears. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, just, you know, it it was just totally a leap of faith. It was a leap of faith. And because I did it and I committed to it and I just handed over that check, I pulled it off. I pulled it off and it opened up the doors. It was like me telling the universe, this is what I want. And everything just started pouring in, in my favor. All of my clients from where I was working before followed me. All of this support came coming in. I had Instagram reels, things like that wasn't popular in, in 20, early 2017. And, but I had a friend of mine who was a client as well. And he offered to record a promotional video for me. And I just felt like all of these things were happening to help me. And then every month, my business was growing and growing and growing and growing. And once I started realizing like, oh my gosh, you really can ask for what you want and it will come, you know, and I look back at my childhood. And I was always a girly girl. I did not come from a family of girly girls whatsoever. My mom, my sister, like they could care less about makeup. They could care less about like getting dolled up in any way. They're wash and go kind of gals. And I was always the one kind of prepping and pampering myself, you know? So it kind of makes sense in that way. And I also am living out like my little girl, girly girl dreams because blush is like, in my mind, a little Barbie dream house. Like it yeah. is, it's so cute and pink and like happy for me. Like pink is the happiest color in the world for me. Like if I'm sad, even like right now, my, my toes are pink, but like whenever I'm sad, I paint my toes hot pink and it makes me feel better. I don't know why. It's so great. Oh my goodness. Talk about the universe having your back. Like it's crazy. Just like the way that your story unravels and at every turn, it was like one step closer to exactly where you are now and exactly where you're meant to be. And yeah, I just, I had goosebumps the entire time you were talking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it, it, I mean, it kind of, it still, it grew from there as well. You know, it, it was in 2020, more serendipitous things came. I have to tell you guys. Yes. No, we want to hear all. (laughs) Yes. I have to to tell it all. So I worked for myself at Blush until 2020 and I, well, I found out I was pregnant in December of 2019 and then COVID hit a few months later. So we shut down, I think in March of that year. So when we reopened in June, I was like seven months pregnant and my doctors were like, no way. Like you cannot go rub faces when you're pregnant because they didn't know how COVID would affect pregnant women or babies. Like they just didn't know. And they were like, it's not worth the risk. You can't like, you just can't go back. Like I had high blood pressure too. So I had a little bit of high risk going on and they were just like, you know, it's not happening. So I'm like, am I going to lose my business after this? Like, what is going on? So I'm scrolling on Instagram and Chantel posts. She she was working at Portsmouth Spa. She is the esthetician who I used to see who told me to go to Katherine Hines. And she posts this post and says, I'm so devastated to tell everyone that Portsmouth Spa is unexpectedly closing. I don't know what my next steps are going to be. But when I find out, I will tell you all. Wow. Portsmouth Spa is one block away from Blush. So I immediately was like, oh my God, please do more get blushed. Like, yeah. save my business. <laughs> and she did. And she did. So my first esthetician now works for me. <laughs> That's crazy. And she's wonderful. She's the one who I've been going to see, like, whenever I come home. Oh, She's good. who I go see. Yeah, she, she did my eyebrows. We did Reiki. Yeah, she's oh amazing. Yeah. She's so sweet. She really is. I'm so grateful for her. I'm so grateful for her. You know, 
about half of my clients were still coming through the pandemic and about half of hers were too. So she had a full book and I didn't lose my business. And I got more time home with my baby. It was like permission to just not worry about the business and just connect with my daughter. And that was a huge gift. And then over the course of the pandemic, the building that I was in. So originally I just rented one room in this colonial building, but over the course of the pandemic, all of the other tenants left. And there was this one-time opportunity for me to take the whole bottom floor of the building. And I took another leap of faith. And now I have, including myself, there's eight of us that work at Bluff. And that's crazy to me. (laughs) It's really cool. It's really cool to see your dreams kind of come to fruition, to see yourself being able to help and support other people, which is what I love, which is what I always love. I love it in the treatment room, but in growing my business, now I'm kind of putting that love at my employees. Like how can I nurture them, help them grow, help them help other people bring, you know, this whole business, which is, you know, heart led for me, like hugely heart led. And that's the Leo too. You know, we, we follow our hearts. And I think the Leo is what gave me courage, you know, the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. I'm just proud of where it's come, where it's, you know, where we're at. That's amazing. And you also now offer like your services have expanded, I feel like, right? Like you did you always offer Reiki and massages and things like that? Or are, it seems new. Yeah. So all of the so I did all aesthetic services. So facials, makeup, lash and brow services, pedicures. I also did energy work when it was just me, but we added a massage therapist. And now we also have Jules who works for us too. And she does crystal sound therapy. And we've added in some different, some different things too. But it's really cool to have, you know, this little intimate little boutique spa. We have four treatment rooms and it's, you know, you're in a private room for every single service one-on-one with your service provider and the goal is connection and the goal is making you feel better on the outside and on the inside. Mm, I love that. And I'd love to hear more too about how you're merging kind of the energy work as well as the makeup and esthetician offerings and whatnot, because it it is so needed, right? And it is all encompassing, but for people who may not understand that bridge, you know, what would you share with them? So I would say, you know, your outer beauty really does affect confidence. And that when you look how you want to look, you walk through the world not worried about who you might bump into. You're happy to bump into people because you're feeling yourself, right? So I think the outer beauty piece is more about the confidence. And then it goes hand in hand because with wanting that confidence, it's kind of admitting the vulnerability of our insecurities, right? The things that affect us. So there's such a vulnerable space when you're getting a beauty service, you might be getting a Brazilian wax and you're just like fully exposed. (laughs) You might be getting a facial and you have no makeup on. You, You know, there's a vulnerability that happens and it makes it so I feel like estheticians can really connect with people. You know, if you're, if you're at a hair salon, there's, 10 chairs in a row and a bunch of people and you can't have a private deep conversation about feelings or about how somebody's really doing, you know, and that's what I love about blush is the intimate aspect. For me, I want to be in a treatment room with one person at a time. I want to look at them. I want to see them for who they are. I want to find out like, what's your mindset like? And if it's positive, let's ride that train. And if it's not, let's try to cheer you up a little bit, you know? So they really do, you know, inner beauty and outer beauty go hand in hand. They do. One affects the other and vice versa. And, you know, it's a ripple effect. When you nurture any piece of your life, it has a positive ripple effect in every other part. And I think just nurturing yourself, nurturing your beauty, inner beauty and outer beauty makes you a more confident person and it makes you a better person. It helps you grow, you know, that inner beauty. Mm -hmm. I love that. One, two, on that you know, the energy behind your business and the the Reiki behind your business, like you nurtured yourself throughout this entire journey and it showed, right? Like blush is huge now and it's expanded in so many different ways that shocked you at every turn. And so now that it's so big, you know, how are you continuing to do that? And how do you continue to support your own energy within this expansive process? 
yeah. So with you saying that, it's, I think a lot of aesthetic school too was when I look back on it at the time making that decision, like I wanted to know how to do those beauty services on myself, right? Like that was kind of part of the motivating factor too. But it was because of my own insecurities that I kind of felt like that was something that was really important. But when I was in aesthetic school, I feel like everything shifted because you start to see bodies, right? You see, most people don't see naked women for a living, but estheticians do. And, you know, when you're spray tanning somebody or you're waxing somebody or you're doing a body treatment service on somebody and you start to realize like, oh my God, okay, so, so everyone has cellulite and everyone gets pimples on their butt cheeks and everyone gets ingrown hairs. And maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm normal. Maybe I've been comparing myself to people in magazines who are airbrushed and real people are just like me. And that's so comforting. And I feel like it just gave me so much liberation from this kind of like trap of my mind of to feel beautiful. We all want that. But I think over the course of my journey, I've learned that like the real beauty is like in your heart. It's, it's in your heart and it emanates, you know? I lost my train of thought. What was I saying right before I said that? That answer. I don't know because I was swept away by what you're saying. But just uh, the beauty, like beauty of real people versus magazines is where like that really resonated with me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was something that I really loved about the job and still do because I can't tell you how many times somebody will come in and they're going to get a wax or bikini wax or whatever and they will start apologizing for their body. Oh, I'm, you know, I've had, I've had several babies. I have a lot of loose skin on my belly. They feel like they need to prepare you for it. And that's the sad piece because it's like, you don't need to prepare me because every other mom looks like that too. But you don't know that because you don't see them, but I see Mm -hmm. them. So I can reassure you, you're perfectly normal. You have nothing I haven't seen before and you're perfect just as you are. And even the girls who are 90 pounds soaking wet, when they come in, they have a little teeny bit of cellulite on their butt cheeks. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all in together. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I appreciate you saying that too, because even like sometimes I feel myself doing those things too. Like when I go to get a spray tan or when I go do certain things, it, it just feels like as women, we're constantly apologizing, even about like having our period, like, you know, like it's just, it's yeah. crazy. The social constructs that are still impacting us from decades ago and how we're still there. But that's, yeah, it's beautiful that like you just shared that and that you've been able to experience that in such a big way. Yeah. And, you know, I experienced it for myself too. And it really, you know, it started a lot of, of my transformative journey to actually, you know, it's funny. I mentioned cellulite. That was what inspired me to start yoga was that my friend Jules, who now works for me, I'm actually sitting in her house right now because she's my neighbor and my house is loud. So I'm sitting here for quiet, but she told me, oh, yoga helps a lot with cellulite. And I was like, okay, I heard that. Like, I'm going to start doing yoga. I started doing yoga and I fell in love with how I felt mentally in yoga. I didn't think that's what I was doing yoga for, but that became the addiction was I feel so much better when I've connected my mind and my body. and you know, that once I found that love, I was like, okay, more people need to know this. I need to do a yoga teacher training. So, you know, in true Ashley fashion, I just (laughs) sign myself up. Right. And I show up that day. And then I realized like, oh, okay. I signed myself up for a hot yoga training. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's crazy. (laughs) And then like, I didn't really realize, like I had never taken a hot class, but I was like, okay, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) And after the first class, I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? I called my cousin and I was like, oh my gosh, like what have I done? But you know what I did? I completed the program and I'm so, I was so proud of myself. I fell in love with the heat. I fell in love with the discomfort of that. I learned so much and it's really, you know, yoga is what started my spiritual journey. You know, I really did not have any religious influence growing up. And I didn't even know, you know, I feel like I, when I was young, I lived my life so superficially because I didn't know I had a spiritual body. I didn't know that. I, I just I had no clue. So it wasn't until I started like connecting with my body and having these aha moments through yoga and meditation that I was like, what? 
this is crazy. Like this is, this needs to be shared. Like this needs, and I struggle so much with insecurities that I feel like each of the steps I take has helped me, but at the same time inspired me to share it with other people because it's relatable. I mean, you know, and I spend a lot of time talking to women individually and I've learned a lot of wisdom through clients, through every little conversation that I have. Like I, I learn from people and I share with them and the vulnerability of true stories from women who are not filtering themselves is it's like, it's a priceless thing. It really is priceless. And, you know, if you're giving somebody a Brazilian wax, like all vulnerability is out there. So no conversation is off limits. And that is really freeing. You know, my sister is actually, she's a clinical social worker. And she has told me before that she's jealous of me because I can make people feel better in the ways that she hopes to as well. But there's no like constraints on me. I can say, oh my God, girl, that's so messed up. Or I can be like, this is my experience and this is how, you know, but if you are a social worker, you can't reflect on your own experience. Mm -hmm. You can't relate with people and help them feel seen in that way. And that is just a gift that, that I'm able to do that, that I'm, you know, that I can just have that one-on-one time with people. You know, a lot of times people don't even spend an hour a month with their best friend Mm -hmm. uninterrupted. Right. So with clientele, you become really, really, really connected and it's special and it's kind of what fuels it and, and keeps everything going. And, you know, during COVID, I actually, I experienced the first loss of a client. And so uh, one of my clients passed away during COVID, not from COVID, but during COVID. And she passed the day after my daughter was born and she was my friend. She was my friend and she you know, she would come in for a facial and a pedicure every month. So I'd spend two hours with her and we would talk about everything, everything. She knew my dreams. She knew my hopes. I knew hers. We shared so much. And after she passed, I was like, I knew, I knew I have an angel looking out for me for blush because I knew she would have my back. And so when I did the expansion, I decided that I'm going to make the color scheme that I choose for blush, I'm going to base it off of her toenail polish color that she always got. So she only ever got the same exact color. And it's like a mauve, but for some reason she called it pirate purple. I have no idea why she was calling it that. And I never questioned her. I just was like, I love that. that. <laughs> pirate purple. But it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty like mauve kind of purpley color. It's beautiful. And so the staircase, I don't know if you guys have seen on my social media, Blush has a beautiful staircase. And the color of that staircase, I call it the magic staircase, is inspired by Beth and, uh, and by Pirate Purple. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I think like that is just having, you know, I'm very sentimental. So having things like that, like Blush is full of little things that have stories. Because that's, that's stuff that's really important to me. But, you know, the connection you build with clients is... It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was telling Alyssa, like on that note of connection, like you probably don't even remember this, but it was like early 2019. I came in to like get my eyebrows done and I was thinking of doing van life at the time. And my boyfriend and I, we were like thinking about it. We were talking about it, like not really sure. You and I, I stayed for like over an hour. You like didn't have a anyone after me. I stayed for so long. I went home on Craigslist looked up vans, saw a van, went and bought it like that weekend. And I feel like (laughs) we were so unsure. My boyfriend and I, we were so unsure. But after talking to you and like hashing it all out, I remember you told me that whole story about blush and how you started blush. I literally like came home and I was like, Ashley did it. I can do it too. And like went home. It was the very first van we saw on Craigslist, went, bought it. And like now we've been living in the van for three and a half years. Like girl. (laughs) I have yeah. those everywhere and you I can't even tell you how happy that makes me because that is like that is my goal. I want to empower you. I want you to believe in yourself and I want I didn't believe in myself, but I still did it and it taught me to believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And it taught me that it's just like sometimes you just gotta leap and then that will appear. You just have to do it. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you have that calling, 
can't, if you don't follow it, you will regret it. And, Mm -hmm. and so you just have to do it. You have to do it. You have to rule it out and maybe it'll be a flop, but who cares? You can still say you did it. And I always say that about blush. Even if during COVID, even if I had had to close blush, it wouldn't have taken away the fact that I started my own business and that I made it successful and that I, I had, it It was real. Mm -hmm. And even if it didn't work out forever or last forever, I still realized that dream and I'm proud of that. And I think everyone should be proud of the courage that it takes to just say, I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So that makes me really happy that that was inspiring for you. And that's exactly why I like to share that. And I do remember that conversation. And I, I remember seeing like, you know, you were posting and I was like, she's doing it. She's doing it. And I like, I love that. I love that. And I'm so happy for you that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was crazy, like feeling so unsure coming in just to get my eyebrows done, you know, like what is that 15 minutes staying for so long and then leaving. And my life was different, like within days. You know, that's the thing that's so cool for me is that I try to treat every single person that I meet like I'm supposed to meet them. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the chances, right? There's how many billion people in the world and we've met. I've touched your face before. Like that's, you know, that's to me, that's like, that's meant to be. But it's like, if you're coming into blush, it's because energetically it felt right. You know, every day I do this meditation where I take blush's logo and I shoot it up into the sky and it explodes like fireworks in the sky. And it's my call to everyone's spirit guides that are around that it's like, I'm here to help. And if your person needs me, help them find their way. And that's kind of how I see it. So when somebody comes in, I'm looking at it the way I'm seeing it is divine. They might be just thinking they're getting their eyebrows done, but that's not my mentality about it. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. And maybe it's I'm supposed to learn from them, right? It could be that I'm going to empower them, but they might empower me. And clients have helped me through hard times. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've cried with people for their losses and people have cried with me for mine. And it's just makes me so grateful, especially for women, just especially for women, because the connection, the empathy, the understanding, the understanding of the need to vent, <laughs> even <Yeah. laughs> it's just powerful. It's just powerful. It's really cool. That's so cool. When they say that whole, like, the student is a teacher and the teacher is a student, right? Those roles are, like, reversible and whatnot. And, yeah, that's just so, so powerful. And you guys are making me need to go look at something on Craigslist because you found your place on Craigslist. Just found a man on Craigslist. (laughs) What do I need to look for on Craigslist? For real. (laughs) I need to go find something. (laughs) I know, right? I'm going to start browsing. You got to buy something on Craigslist. And I think it it really is just so cool. Like you said, the whole female empowerment and just women supporting women because it's still not happening enough. You know, it really still isn't. And I think in in such a feminine way, in such a spiritual way, you've created a community that's doing exactly that. And you should be so proud. It's incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm, I'm curious too, because you're a mom of a daughter. So how are you implementing all of this within raising her and developing her spirit in human form? Yeah. So that has been a very interesting journey. And I'll be really honest. It rocked me. It rocked me more than I expected. And, you know, right when I found out I was pregnant, I knew it was a girl. I knew. I knew. And I told my husband, I was like, it's a girl. It's a girl. And he was like, Ashley, if this baby is not a girl, I'm done <laughs> believing in your woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, and I was like, mark my words, this is going to be I'm a girl. so and happy it was a girl. girl. <laughs> so happy. So happy. And, you know, birth was crazy. I had, I ended up with an emergency C-section and it wasn't what I wanted. And it's kind of like a kick right from the get-go of it's like, you have no control. You have, no, you have very little control over what happens. And just because you want something to go perfectly doesn't mean that it will. And especially when there's little tiny humans involved, it really just grows. Yeah. But my mental health was affected. I think that hormonally, it rocked me. I experienced postpartum anxiety. I experienced postpartum depression. 
And that part wasn't fun. You know, there was one day where Scarlett, she barely bumped her head on a, the corner of a speaker. It made no mark on her head, but I was so worried about it. And, and she was like drooling and babbling. She's this little baby. Right. And I convinced myself, like, is she having a stroke? What is happening? I called 911. Like, <laughs> I called 911. The ambulance came and they were like, first time mom. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am a first time mom. But, you know, it's been hard and it's been hard to feel low and still need to show up for a little human. And sleep used to be a huge coping thing from, for me with my anxiety. If I was way too anxious, I would go take a nap. And when I woke up, I would feel calmed down. And that was my tool. That was what I used. And when you have a baby, you are sleep deprived and you are sleep deprived for years. So it's like you're having to accept the fact that 100% of your effort is different than what it looked like before a baby. Mm. You know, I mean, there are times where I go like four days without a shower. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like because priority, you know, you just have to you have to decide what's the most important. And there's a lot of sacrifice, which is no problem for me because I love taking care of other people. That's, that's fueling to me, but feeling good when your hormones are fighting against you or your mental health is fighting against you is a challenge, you know? And I feel grateful that I live on a family compound. So we have, my mother-in-law lives right here. One of Scarlett's uncles, my best friend lives here. And then my husband and Scarlett and I, and we have other family that's really close. So I had a lot of support and my husband is the best dad ever. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't know if he would be because he has four brothers. They're very much boys. (laughs) boys, And I was like, he's not going to know what to do. But when I tell you, (laughs) yeah, and no, and and he, his, his twin brother, he's an identical twin. His twin brother had a daughter first. And I feel like that was so great because it gave George this courage like I can do this too I can do this too Mm. and he is now my husband's a stay-at-home dad so I work and he stays home and it's like if you looked at him you would just not believe that he's this big muscly like six three guy and (laughs) he's my stay-at-home dad and he's so good at it and he has this special bond with Scarlett and I'm so grateful for that so cute you know it's amazing your people pull you through but Pregnancy, early, um, you know, infancy is no joke. Women need a ton of support. They need a village. They need you to show up and do their dishes for them. They need you to say, go get in the shower. Go take a nap. I got this. Like, I think that's something that, and they might not feel comfortable to ask because they also might be people like me who are like, I can do it. I don't need to ask anything of anybody else. Mm -hmm. I can just do this myself. Like, I don't want to burden anybody else with anything. Like, we need villages. Mothers need villages because your world gets rocked. You know, I found myself feeling like, where is the woman that I was a year ago? Because I loved her and I had worked so hard to be her and to be this, just be where I was. And when you experience the birth of your child, you experience the death of your old self. And there's grief that happens because you're like, where is that person? But that person is gone and you're never going to be her again. You are her plus one, you know, you, and and that will always be, you will never not be a mother. So it's been really cool to try to start the journey of really falling in love with myself again, because I think that motherhood humbles you a lot. And it, it makes you realize like, maybe I don't have it all figured out. And it also is triggering a lot because you reparent yourself and you realize when things come up with your child, you realize like, how did my parents handle that? And how did that affect how I am now today? You know? And Mm -hmm. I think it, it just, it really matters. I try to stay as mindful as I possibly can about, about my relationship with her. I remind myself constantly that there's going to be a time where I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss it so much. And I just cherish every little moment with her. And I want to, I want to be her ultimate hype girl for the rest of her life. <laughs> you absolutely will be. I can tell already. 
That's so beautiful. And I, I love what you said too. I have a couple of people in my life who are either pregnant or just had a baby and that grief period, right. Of recognizing like, this is a whole new version of me and I, I won't be the same person, but I also get to be this beautiful, like special person and role now. And, and that's such a beautiful change and transition. It's incredible. It really is. It's, it's a rebirth. Mm-hmm. It's a rebirth and it's a, you level up. Like, you know, your, your level of empathy changes and shifts your ability to sense the needs of other people heightens too. you level up as a mother. And that's just a fact. It, it makes you see the world differently. It, it grows your heart. You have more empathy for every woman that's ever told you their struggles as a mother. You're like, Oh my gosh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And it makes you just want to validate everybody that like, this is real. This is hard. This is so important. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. Appreciate it. Amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of end every episode with just talking about curiosity and wanting to know, like, what are you currently curious about? You have so many things on your plate and so many things that you're juggling, but what are you curious about in life and what keeps you curious in life? So I, I think life experiences kind of like lead, lead my growth, you know, and as of late, my best friend, whose house I'm in right now, um, unfortunately, her husband tragically passed away very recently. So, so grief has come into the picture again for me. I lost my grandfather at six, which was really traumatic. I was there the day my grandmother found out, and I'll never forget that. And then at 15, I lost a friend to suicide. And then at 21, I lost my grandmother unexpectedly as well. And I sat at her bedside with her as she passed. And so this loss that it's been, what, 13 years now since I lost my grandmother. So it's been a while since I've experienced some big grief and sitting with her and witnessing her pain has been really interesting experience. You know, he was missing for six and a half weeks before his body was found. And we didn't know that he had passed away. So it was a really wild time. And there was a lot of different narratives going on. And I was pretty much living, sitting right next to her, staring into her face, just validating that, like, this is terrible. Like, I am here with you. This is terrible. Let's process everything. But, you know, and there was a lot of phases of denial. I got to witness kind of this, like, really firsthand cycle of grief. And it's been really an interesting experience because throughout, I had a lot of intuition that was going on. And it involved a lot of like being delicate with my friend about the ways that we talked about things and all of this. But last week, actually, her and I went to a medium and it was a very beautiful experience. Her name is Anne Donnell. She's out of York, Maine, and she is incredible. She's actually who Jules and I both took our Reiki mastery with as well. And she offered a complimentary reading because of the tragedy of her husband. And we were able to connect with him. And it was so validating for her. It it was incredibly healing and transformative for her. But for me as well, separately from her, it validated my own intuition so much. Because a lot of what was coming through was information that I had gotten but it's this fine line of how do you like talk about this? How do you like, you know, find this? So it was very validating from an intuitive place. So that experience now has me wanting to dive further in with my intuitive practices. I feel like I've fallen away from meditation since I had my daughter because it's hard to find that quiet moment. But I'm feeling very inspired to get back into that because, you know, they say intuition is like a muscle, like all of us could become Olympic athletes if we wanted to, if we wanted to put in the work, all of us can become very strong intuitives if we want to put in the work. And I do. And I do because it helps me. It just makes every service that I provide for other people heightened. It helps everyone in my family. It is an amazing tool. Spiritual practices give you a lot of space to self-reflect. It just gives you this, this ability to self-reflect. I remember talking to my dad about astrology and he was like, astrology, they teach that in college, right? And I was like, dad, you play video games all day and I think that's stupid. 
So <laughs> I was like, at least what I'm focused on gives me tools for self growth. And I'd like, it's, you know, to reflect on myself, become a better person. I love that. What are videos <laughs> doing for you? Yeah. <laughs> so it was just funny to like, kind of just like trump him a little bit there. And he was kind of like, that's so great but astrology you know throughout this loss of Mike too has come into play and it's been really validating I see an astrologer once a year and I live by it she has told me before that astrology is 95% accurate and it is it just is I pay attention to it I get my reading every year and then I go through my calendar my agenda book kind of calendar and I put in all the notes when she says at the end of March, you need to rest. I block off rest. I try to like kind of put things in so that I'm working with the universe instead with the current of the universe instead of against the current of the universe. So astrology mm-hmm. has actually played a huge role in inspiration for me because I get readings every year. Every step of the way with my business has been guided with astrology as well. And I think that I can attribute some of the success Mm -hmm. to astrology. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. I love it. I love it. it. Your entire story, all of your wisdom and insights have been so inspiring. (laughs) Like I'm amazed. I've had goosebumps the entire time that you were talking. So thank you for sharing all of it. So appreciate it. But where can people find you? You're on Instagram. What's your website? All of that fun stuff. Yeah, so we have easy online booking at blushportsmith.com. Our Instagram handle is blush skin and soul spa. And we are located in a cute little colonial building right downtown Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Awesome. Beautiful. And we'll link everything below so everyone can easily find you. But thank you so much again for coming on. We so appreciate it. Yeah, thank it was you. It's so nice to spend time with you guys. Thank you. This episode was so fun. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to rate and subscribe. And we love connecting with you all over on Instagram at the moon in your mind. Send us a DM and let us know what you think. Sending love to you all. Mm